Well, let's go ahead and we're going to look at 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 and 18, or 16 through 18, excuse me. Don't forget 17. And like I said, though, this is, this is a, a passage, it's three verses, but shorter than some verses we've done. And verse 16 is just the first two words there, rejoice always. Verse 17 is the next three, verse, next three words, pray without ceasing. And then 18 gets us the last two bits there, and everything give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And we are going to be beginning a, a focus for this week and next week on Thanksgiving, and we've got our community Thanksgiving dinner coming up on Wednesday at 6 o'clock. And we'll have a time of worship and of, of communal thanksgiving then too. Uh, but as this verse says, let's in, in everything and in all times, we are coming to the Lord to give Him thanks. So uh, to begin with, let's go ahead and just say this a few times together uh, to start trying to memorize it and hopefully become familiar with it in this passage or in this translation, I should say. So let's, let's read this together, shall we? 1 Thessalonians 5, 16-18 Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Alright, let's take away just a few of those words and let's say this together again. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16-18 Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Alright, just a, four more words taken away there, but this will solidify it for us hopefully. Let's say this one last time together, shall we? 1 Thessalonians 5, 16-18 Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And I, I stumble over this quite a bit at times because I want to put things out of order. But Paul wrote it in such a way uh, for a specific reason that we'll, we'll get into that that. It goes in order. And, and the, the focus today, as I kind of already alluded to before we recited it together, the focus today is on the always aspect. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. The, the rejoice always. Pray without ceasing and in everything. These words uh, are repeating a, a central idea of at all times. Always. And as we look at this verse, or, I'm, okay, if I say this verse, just understand, I mean these, these group of verses, or this sentence maybe would be a better way of putting it. But as we look at it, uh, the first three lines, the first three focuses are, are different instructions for us to rejoice always, Pray without ceasing, and in everything give thanks. And then in the, the last part there, it's, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And let's, I'm gonna, I want to start with that last little bit first. 
For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. A lot of times we can look at this and, and these, these instructions. You know, who here feels like they pray all the time? Pray without ceasing. Uh, probably not. Or, or do you feel like you rejoice always? I don't know about you, but if I know somebody that seems to rejoice too much of the time, they can be a little bit annoying, right? Like, come on, don't you just have a, at least a little bit of a bad day? But, but we're told here to rejoice always. And then to, to, to give thanks in everything. And sometimes there are things that we struggle to or we just feel like we can't give thanks for. Or circumstances that we find ourselves in that we can't give thanks for. And yet, Paul says this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And, and, and it can feel... Like these are things that we could have beat over us and we could be beat up by them and we could think I'll never measure up to what God wants for me in my life because these things seem just too far away. But when we're, when we're talking about God's will, I think sometimes you know, we, we want to know what God's will for us is in our lives. And we want to find that one thing that He's guiding us to do or that thing that will make Him happy. And we treat it as if God's will is this iron thing that if we don't get right, we're going to be failures for life. But this word will, God's will for you in Christ Jesus, the word will means a, a person's wish or desire. When, when we talk about God's will, you know, and, and we, we want to do God's will, and, and, and it can seem like iron to us, but it, at its heart, it's, it, it really is heart. It's what he wishes, what he desires. What is that that most pleases him? And, and it's his desire for us that we would live in these ways as part of being disciples of Jesus. That's why he says this is his will for you in Christ Jesus. And, and even the, the language that Paul uses to say, for you. It's not this is His will in you or to you, but for you. That, that this is His intended result. The, the preposition there, for, uh, means in, it's indicating the point reached or entered that is per, a particular purpose or result. You know, we, when you do something for, I'm... I'm cooking this for that or these people or those things, there's an intended result. And so this is His desire, His will for us in Christ Jesus. For us, for our benefit, as we follow Jesus. It's not something that you've got to get right today. That's not the attitude that Paul has. It's more the idea of it's God's desire for you in life as you walk with Christ as you grow in him as you spend time with him his desire for you is to grow in these things and I don't know about you but if if if, if I lived in such a way that I rejoiced always that I prayed without ceasing that that I gave thanks in everything if that were my attitude and my 
uh, outlook in life. Instead of getting bitter over missed opportunities or things that I feel like I should have had but I didn't. Instead of being frustrated or, or feeling like God has forgotten me. I mean, just think about how negative your, your feelings are right there just in talking about, oh, it feels like God's forgotten me. Oh, there's a hardship that's not supposed to be happening to me. No, but instead He wants us to, to live life in such a way that we would be able to rejoice always. That we would be able to pray to Him without ceasing. That we would give thanks in everything. Doesn't that just make you feel a little bit lighter to think of it that way? And this isn't something that He's demanding you do because then, I don't know about you, but when I start thinking about demands and expectations, now I start to get weighed down. No, it's, it's His desire for you. It's His wish for you. It's His will for you. In Christ Jesus, as you would walk in Christ. And we have to recognize that we can't do these things outside of Christ. That it's not something we do for Him. It's His will for us in Christ, as we walk in Christ. But we need to remember that God's will, God's desires for us, are a blessing for us. It's not to get you down. It's not to tell you that you're, so, you're not capable. No. He's saying, this is my, my desire for you in Christ over time, that you would grow and that you would live. And this is to be a blessing for us. It is a blessing to be optimistic. It is a blessing to receive things with joy. It is a blessing to be able to give thanks to God no matter what's going on in your life. It is not a blessing to be cynical. It is not a blessing to say, well, I've got my eyes open and I see the world as it is. Sometimes it's better to see the world as it should be, not as it is. There are so many times when I, I you know, there, there are people who are, are ignorant, and because they're ignorant, they don't know they can't do things. And because they don't know they can't do things, they end up doing those things. Does that make sense at all? And one of my struggles in my life is I don't feel like I'm ignorant. I feel like, I, you know, oh, I know I can't do that. Oh, I know I can't do that. I, I am, you know, I wish sometimes to be a little bit more ignorant. That way I might actually do some things that I feel like or I tell myself, oh, I can't do that. You know, it's not a bad thing to go through the world and life rejoicing at what's going on instead of being cynical. And my heart, my attitude is generally the cynical one. But how much better is it to not realize Oh, that you can't do that. How much better is it to realize, oh no, this is a good thing. And everybody around you would say, well, why is it a good thing? And you're like, I don't know, but I'm sure it's going to be because God's allowing it. Or God has given it to me. And even if I don't see it, I'm going to rejoice and I'm going to thank Him for it. What we're going to look at this morning in these three lines are designed to be a blessing for us. Because it's God's desire, His will for us, and His will is a blessing for us. The things that He desires for us, the things that He wills for us. When he, when he gives us His commandments and He tells us live in this way, it's not so that we might be shackled. It's not so that we might feel pressured. It's not so that we might be burdened with righteousness. It's so that we might be blessed by following Him. Be blessed by living in His ways because He is the one that created the world and His ways are right. His ways are better than our ways. And so when as we look at this, I, you know, 
I don't know how many, maybe half of you, some of you were rejoicing this week, maybe some of you weren't rejoicing this week, right? Uh, I'm kind of, my stocks went up really well, so, you know, there's that. I don't know if they'll stay up, they could go down next week, so there's that. If they go up, it's a rejoice, oh look, my, uh, my retirement's getting better, I might be able to retire at 120 now. If they go down, it's, well, you know, now I've got the opportunity to trust in God more because I won't be able to retire when I'm 120. You know, there's always reason to be rejoicing. And this is God's blessing for us. So let's go ahead and let's look at these, the, 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 these uh, verses that we're going to be talking about. And, and, and first, I want to remind you and, and let you know, you know, where does this passage come from, these, these 16 verses? The chapter 5 at the end of the, the letter to, to the church in Thessalonica, Paul is telling them about the end times that are coming. And, and he is letting them know that, that they don't need to be worried about these times to come as far as times and epics and, and things that are going to happen. He says you don't need to be worried about it. And the world is, is going to be ignorant about what God is doing, but as we follow Jesus and live for Him, that we are not going to be ignorant, that we can see it happening we are going to be able to recognize the signs and we don't live in the darkness that the the day would take us like a thief because we're children of light and children of the day we're going to walk as if we're in the light and, and so because of that we can be uh, instead of being worried about things he encourages us to be sober to have faith to have hope in the salvation because god is uh, destined for us not wrath, but instead being saved through Jesus Christ. And so then he encourages us in, in, in some instructions on how to live our lives together. And, and right before verse 16 and verse 15, among his many encouragements to us, he says to us, see that no one repays another with evil for evil, but always seek after that which is good for one another and all people. So right before we're talking about rejoice always and every, uh, pray without ceasing, right before that he is saying, hey, see to it that nobody, no one repays evil for evil. Don't, don't try to get back at one another and don't allow an attitude. And, and, and so for us as Christians, we should not have the attitude of an eye for an eye or retribution. We should not try to repay evil for the evil that has happened to us. But instead, we should seek after that which is good for one another and for all people, even those outside the church, even those that are our enemies, even our obnoxious neighbors that uh, give us grief. We should seek their good. Even those people who don't seek our good, we should seek their good to, to not repay evil for evil. But notice, always. Seek after that which is good. And, and right after, he tells us, so this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. In verse 19, he tells us, do not quench the Spirit. And then in verse 20, do not despise prophetic utterances. So, so this is in the context of him telling us how to live as the church together. To, to not quench the Spirit, not to... to to ignore the Holy Spirit or to keep the Holy Spirit from working within us, and to not despise prophetic utterances, those things that are the Word of the Lord coming and speaking to us and letting us know how to live. 
And, and right then in, that, in the middle of that, we have this instruction that He says, this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. That, that our hearts... Because I don't know about you, but I, I, we can definitely quench the Holy Spirit if we're cynical. We can definitely ignore that God is active if we think we need to solve this. If we don't take it to Him in prayer. We can obviously despise prophetic utterances if instead of looking to hear what God has to say and listening for Him and His guidance, we're just trying to do things the way the world does it. We get so wrapped up in the ways of the world and the communicating with the world that we don't even listen to God anymore. And it's, it's within that context that He says to us in verse 16, Rejoice always. Rejoice always. And then in verse uh, 18, we have, In everything give thanks. And I want to focus on those two phrases together real quick. Be- because they're very similar in idea. To, to rejoice, the word rejoice... Uh, comes from the root word for grace, charis. And this word is Cairo. And it means to, to be favorably disposed, to, uh, to be glad, to delight in. And, and so the fact that it has the idea of grace attached to it, it's actually based on its root word is grace. It's the idea to delight in God's grace. And then the word for giving thanks, it's only one word in the Greek. But to give thanks is eucharisteo. Have you ever heard of anybody talk about the Lord's Supper as the Eucharist? That's where they get that word. The Eucharist, that we are giving thanks to God. The the eucharisteo is, is to be thankful, to receive something with Thanks. And it's made up of two words. U, E-U, meaning to be good. And again, charis, grace. It's the idea of acknowledging that God's grace to us is good. And so we're thankful for it. We, we, we thank God for His good grace in our lives. So we have rejoice, which means to delight in God's grace. And we have uh, give thanks, which in essence means to acknowledge and be grateful for God's grace. That it is good to be pleased to have received it. And, and so on the, the first and the third of these two phrases that he gives us are focused on God's grace to us. They're focused on uh, receiving God's grace and delighting in it. And so God's desire for us, His will for us, is that we would be aware of and thankful for God's daily grace in our lives or in your life. Because when he says to do it always and in everything, that's a daily aspect. That we would rejoice always. That we would in, in everything give thanks. So it doesn't have to be just the big things, but the little things. As we go through with God on a daily basis, he would have us to be aware of and grateful and thankful. For His grace. Do you live in such a way where you're aware of, where you're looking for God's grace in your life? Where you're looking for and seeing what is He doing 
right now? What has He provided for me? Oftentimes, I don't know about you, but it's easier to look at what He's not providing me. Right? Than to all the things that He has provided. We, we kind of get to being the people that are thinking, you know, we, we have the attitude more of, what have you done for me lately? I think more often though we have the attitude, what have you done for me that I have specifically requested of you that it is my will that you would do, God? And we ignore or forget or just don't even notice all that He has done for us. His his grace on a daily basis. We live by Him. If we're breathing in and exhaling out, that is by grace. If the sun is up and it is bright and shining, that is by grace. If the rain comes and the plants grow and we have food to eat, that is by grace. Do we rejoice in these things? Or do we just focus our attention on those things that we don't have that we want? Are we grateful for these things and for His work in our lives? Or do we just bitter because He hasn't done the things I really want Him to do? And so we're we're not thankful for what we have because we're too busy focused on what we don't have. Oh, God's will for us, His desire for us would be a blessing for us is if we would live our lives aware of and thankful for God's many graces in our daily lives. He says, rejoice always. In everything, give thanks. Right in the middle of this focus, though, is and so I do, I'm, I kind of go to chiastic structure a lot, I know. You get one big point, you get another point, and then you get a, you know, multiple points, and, and they all point to the middle. It makes it look like an X, which is the, the chi in Greek, and that's where we get this phrase, chiatic structure. But you have rejoice always, and, and everything give thanks, and right in the middle of them, and those both kind of agree, they're both talking about God's grace, they're talking about receiving God's grace, and right in the middle we have pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. And this word pray, it actually is a compound word for pray. Uh, it, it has a, a little bit extra. It's the idea of, uh, it has the um, prefix pros, which means to go for or to. And so it's prayer that is directed to or towards someone. It's not just the idea of a generic prayer or a prayer of hope that you know I'm praying to the, the world around me, but specifically praying to. Praying to God Himself. Praying toward a, a, a specific desire. But that we should pray without ceasing. That... that and even there, you know, without ceasing and everything, give thanks. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. So as often as we would rejoice at God's grace, as often as we acknowledge God's grace around us, as long as we, as often as we receive God's grace, at the same time we should also be looking for His provision, praying to Him and asking Him for His guidance, seeking His His input in our lives. 
not, uh, which again, I'm getting autobiographical here, but not just when I run up against the wall and I need him to knock that wall down. Not just when I'm having, you know, I need him to help me in my plans. Or maybe I found myself at an end and I need him to guide me back to his plans. But that we would pray without ceasing in all aspects of our life, looking at his guidance and his direction. And, and that's really what it means when we ask for his, when we pray to God. Uh, as we pray, you know, yeah, we, we bring our, our desires to him, right? But we're not gonna, we're not gonna get him off track of his own will, of his own desire. As we pray to him, we're not going to, you know, I, I mentioned earlier in the opening that, that, uh, we can be bent to other people's wills. And I think to a certain extent, God can, do that as long as it is within his will so for instance he isn't really going to go out of his way to grant me things that are harmful to me they're going to uh, hurt me or hurt other people around me or give in to my sin but if i'm desiring to serve him and to walk in his ways and i have multiple options you know he'll work with us he'll go with us if it's within his will I remember as a child, um, when I was born, it was one of the lowest times in my dad's career. He had been passed over for major. He was still a captain. This was pretty much a way of saying, you're going to lose your career. It was a major hiccup. And he seriously thought about getting out of the Air Force. And he was a relatively new believer, only about five or six years uh, had he been following Jesus, if that. And with that zeal of a new believer, he had the ideas of maybe quitting the Air Force and going off and becoming a missionary pilot. You know, he loved to fly. He loved the Lord. He wanted to see people find Jesus. Maybe this was, you know, maybe this was a, a wall, a closed door that would guide him in God's ways. And so he seriously considered getting out of the Air Force. And what it came down to is he, he got to the point where he was wrestling. Do I get out or do I stay? He loved his job. He loved the work. He loved the environment of the Air Force. But he also loved the Lord. And he thought maybe he could go and do something for the Lord somewhere else. And I don't know about you, but from a spiritual standpoint, from a super spiritual church standpoint, which is more important? being a missionary in other lands, bringing God's Word to people that don't know Him, or, or working in the government. You know? How are we going to value those things as super spiritual people? And it came down to, he really felt that God didn't give him any guidance. Not the way he wanted. He wanted, you know, the, the sure, open door, this is what I want you to do. But as he prayed about it, he wrestled with it. He felt like God said, I don't care, do what you want. Maybe God does, not, not I don't care, but I'm happy either way. Maybe that would be a better way of putting it. You want to get out and go off and become a missionary pilot? I'll go with you. You want to stay in the Air Force? I'll stay with you. And, and, and it came down to, of all things, Back when he was uh, serving, I don't think they do this anymore, but you used to get a little sticker, a little decal on your car. 
And if you were an officer, it was blue. And they might even have a little sticker of your rank on there. And when you came to a gate, this was back before they had to check everybody. You know, if a car came up and that car was an officer's car, it just got saluted right in. I know this because as a private in the Marine Corps Reserve driving on to NAS Fort Worth, I got saluted a lot because I was driving my grandfather's old car and it still had a DD uh, a Department of Defense sticker and it still had his uh, colonel's sticker. Right. So before I was close enough that they could tell, wait a minute, that's just a private. I was already getting saluted in, and I loved it. And that's what it came down to for my dad. He liked getting saluted as he went on the base. It's a silly thing, isn't it? But that communicated to him his joy. I enjoy this environment. I enjoy this work. And so he stayed, and God stayed with him through it. And God blessed him, and God used him in many ways after that decision. And I, I say all that just to say God's will for you may not be a, a, a definite, you must go to this school, you must get this job. No, it's, it's, it's open. What is your desire at times? We can't know that we are within His will, though, unless we are praying without ceasing. But as we pray to Him, you might find out that He says, I could go left, I could go right, either way. And then it's, it's kind of looking to us. But there are other times when we pray to Him and we know, no, you better go to the right and not the left. Or you better go to the left, not the right. There are some times when it is that clear. And what happens is not that we get God to go to our direction. What happens if you pray to Him in that way, as you pray the prayers that are selfish, the prayers that are not His will, as you pray to Him, I, I, my experience has been those prayers start drying up in your mouth. Those prayers start becoming hollow because you recognize and you see them in His perspective just how hollow those prayers are. And then you stop praying those prayers because you don't want to do hollow things. You want to do His things. But you don't get there without praying to Him first. And, and so Paul's desire for, or encouragement to us and what is God's will for us is that we would seek the Lord's guidance and provision continually. That every day we would be seeking His, His will. And a lot of times, it doesn't matter. You know, if I go to the grocery store and I ask God what kind of milk should I buy, He probably isn't too worried about it. I don't need to just get the Lord's milk, you know, or go out and eat the Lord's chicken. No, I, you can go to those other restaurants at times too. It, it won't upset him. He might even be happier with it because then you can show those other ungodly restaurants what a Christian looks like, right? When you order. So there's, there's room for, for that. But the desire is that we would pray to him continually. That we would seek his guidance. That we would be changed because of our prayer to him. And, and so this is, this is God's desire for us that we would that we would be aware of and thankful for His grace on a daily basis. That we would wake up in the morning and say, this is a good day. Even if things aren't going the way you want them to. To be saying to yourself, God knew things weren't going to go my way. What is God doing in them? And then, as you're going through it, to be praying to God. Okay, God, things aren't going my way. Are they going your way? How can I be going your way too? What is this for me? 
You know, so often the things that we take as interruptions might be opportunities, but we don't see it because we're not asking God, is this an interruption? Is this an opportunity? But as we do this, there's, there's those words daily, uh, you know, rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks. And so, real quick, as we're looking at how we seek God's guidance and, and rejoice in and give thanks for His grace, let's, let's look at these always words. We have always, we have without ceasing, and we have in everything. And without ceasing, the pray without ceasing is just one word. If we were to have translated it better, we could have said unceasingly. But, you know, that's hard to say sometimes, isn't it? Without ceasing is a little bit easier. But it is the idea of having no time, nothing left in between. There's no break. It's, it's continual. No, no time gap within the event, without ceasing. No breaks. And the word always. The word always uh, comes from the idea there's the word pan that we've seen quite a bit, or pass. It, it means all or every. And this one is attached to a word that means time. So, so it, it has the idea of at all times, uh, uh, always or ever. So at, at all times, we should be rejoicing and then the word everything well everything is that word pos or pass it's that word it's an adjective that means the whole or all the little parts of the whole so so again always and everything are really based on the same word one is all and the other word is all times that's where we translated it as always but this this focus of all always doing it not letting it break, not stopping, but being unceasing in our prayer. Does this mean that I'm not supposed to, to, to have a conversation without prayers going on in my head? How am, I, how am I to pray constantly? I don't know about you, but sometimes I run out. And, and I know that God has instructed us several times. Jesus said, don't be like the people who, who repeat their prayers incessantly. Don't be like the people who have to proclaim them on the street corner. To a certain extent, when you've prayed to God, if you've prayed to Him sincerely, He's heard it. You don't have to repeat, 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 repeat. Although then again, He also tells us, don't let up. Be like the widow who keeps knocking on the door, asking for justice. So we need to be consistent and be continually praying but not continually the idea that I'm just repeating it for repeating its sake. What is he talking about here? When he says that we are to rejoice always, to pray without ceasing and everything, give thanks, this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. I don't think we should take it to the literal stage and the legalistic stage of I always have to be praying. Or I always have to be rejoicing. And everything that happens, oh, oh, thank God I cut myself. That was wonderful. Oh, I have the opportunity to use a Band-Aid. Praise the Lord today. No. But as, as an attitude of our lives, as a heart attitude, that when things happen, we would thank the Lord. And, and even in small things, you know, uh, 
you, you cut yourself. Obviously, we're not grateful that we've cut ourselves, but we're, we can be grateful that we can heal. We can be grateful that we did not do worse to ourselves. We can be grateful for God's provision around us and for the people that will help us. You know, in the bad things that happen in our lives, it's not always easy to be thankful, right? When, when hardship comes our way, it can be difficult. And, and why would God want us to be thankful for the bad things, the, the, the grief that we bear? And I, I think sometimes, you know, nobody holds it against a doctor for performing surgery that was necessary. Now, granted, if it was an unnecessary thing, and we find out that wasn't really necessary, maybe we'll hold it against somebody. But a necessary surgery? Think about what happens in a surgery. A, a, a doctor takes a knife and slices you open. That is violent, painful action. That's why we give you drugs so you don't feel it. If that happens on the street, that's assault. But it happens in an operating room, it's it's going to be $3,000 to $5,000 at least. You're paying for it then. Maybe we need to look at the bad things in our lives, the difficulties, the physical ailments, the, the loss, the grief, somewhat like surgery at times. Not always, but sometimes. Maybe, maybe this thing that I feel like is bad, God is using a scalpel. And it hurts me for a period of time and it does. I mean, let's think about it, really. The purpose of surgery is to get you better later, but not in the moment. They cut you open, they make you bleed, and then hopefully they sew you up and you heal. But in that moment, it's not good. It's only good because of the intended result. And maybe that is the way God is working in our lives at times. That at times he is performing spiritual surgery on us and it bleeds and it doesn't feel good and it doesn't feel better. I'm actually getting worse in this moment. But over time, I'll get better. Maybe that's what's going on in our lives sometimes. And as we're going through it, those, those points, it can be hard sometimes. And the Bible tells us that a, a, you know, a, a bitter heart does not want to hear songs of joy. We don't want to have that be telling, you know, we don't want people to come to us and say, well, you really should be thankful for this going on in your life because. You know, sometimes you just want the person to come and sit in the ash heap with you and weep with you, right? So how do we then always rejoice? How do we then pray without ceasing? How do we then in everything, give thanks. How do we make it the always? It has to do with our general attitude. Maybe not every moment of the day, but every day. It has to do with, and again, without ceasing, has the idea of no interruptions. It's consistent. It's constant. And that's, I think, what it comes down to. That God's Remember, God's desires for us are to be a blessing. He, he doesn't want to hamstring you with always having to think of how can I thank him for this and how can I be at praying there but know that in a general aspect of our life as we go through life we should be grateful for what he has given us that we should have a general attitude of gratefulness that we would have in general an attitude that seeks first to pray to him when things come up and happen that 
His desire for us is about our, our walk with Him, with our walk with Jesus and our walk of faith. And so as we're going through life, even as we have ups and downs, even though we don't always feel thankful, even though we sometimes weep and it hurts, that overwhelmingly through it, we have a consistent walk. And that's, that's God's desire for us, to have a consistent walk of faith. And, and that's what Paul is describing when he says, rejoice always. Pray without ceasing and everything give thanks. It's, it's that we would have a consistent walk in faith. That, that when we have things that happen that we are not sure this is good, in faith we say, I believe it's going to be good because God has allowed it in my life. He has given it to me. He has put me through it. And even if it doesn't feel good, I'm going to trust Him that He can make it good. Or that He can bring good out of it for me because God is working it for good in all things for those who love the Lord. It's about a consistent walk of faith. It's not something that you, you start out with early on. It's something that has to grow. You know, we, we look at Paul and, and he got to the point where he said, I, I've learned how to be content with little food. I've learned how to be content with lots of food. And I've learned how to, to be cold. And I've learned how to be warm. I've learned how to go through all sorts of circumstances because of Christ who strengthens me. And that's what it is. He learned it. He didn't get there at the very beginning. It was something he learned. You don't show up and the first time you go to prison start singing praises. No, you've got to be stoned a few times first, not in the modern way, but literal stones thrown at you. You have to be kicked out of a few towns first. And you experience that you can still hope in the Lord and you can still trust in Him. And then you find yourself thrown in prison and you're able to sing praises because of a consistent walk of faith. And that's what God's desire for us is. So as we, as we look at the world around us, as there are things that maybe you don't feel too thankful for, Physical struggles, financial struggles, work struggles, relationship struggles. There are so many things that we have in our lives to not be thankful for. To be bitter about. To not rejoice over. But God's desire for you, His will for you, is that as we go through life, as we face the struggles of the world around us, as the world goes from extreme to extreme, that we would walk as children of the light. That we would keep our eyes focused on Jesus. That we would have an attitude that says, I'm going to see what God's grace is in this. I'm looking for God's grace and I'm going to rejoice in God's grace. I'm going to thank God for His grace in this. And I'm going to seek His direction, His provision. I'm going to keep my eyes on Him. That's what Paul's calling us to. And if we can adopt that attitude to live in thanksgiving and rejoicing always, to pray to Him without ceasing, our lives would be better for it. Our joy will be greater for it. Our witness will be more powerful for it. It's for our blessing that He wants to give us this. That He wants to call us to this that we might be blessed in Him always.
Let's say this verse together again one last time, shall we? I hope that as we reflect on it this week, that it will speak to you. That you'll look for opportunities to live it out. Let's say this again, shall we? First Thessalonians 5, 16-18 Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank You that You, you do desire, You have a will for us in Christ Jesus. You want to see us grow in our faith. You want to see us grow as people and to become more like You and less like the world around us. Lord, help us to see with Your eyes. Help us to reason with Your way of thinking. We pray, Lord, that that we would get to the point where we would rejoice more often than not. Even as hardships come in our ways, Lord, may we see how Your grace is working. May we receive Your grace gratefully and recognize that it is good. And Lord, we pray as we face hardships, as struggles, even when we're facing good times and easy times in our minds, may we not lose sight of You. But pray. Seek Your guidance, Your direction, Your provision on a daily basis. Father, help us stay, to stick close to You. And we pray that this would become a practice of our lives, a daily way of living, that we would be consistent in our walk. Lord, that we wouldn't be like those who are driven from one side to the next as if by waves, but that we would walk consistently following You. You have given us so much to be grateful for. We thank You. We pray, Lord, that we would seek You and that we would follow You. We ask these things today in Jesus' name. Amen.